is Tom Cruise crazy Just be glad it's him, not you If you had Tom Cruise's troubles You might be Tom Cruise crazy too You'd flash your big white shiny smile You'd buy expensive shoes But you'd be the only man on earth Couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise, oh no Hello and welcome back to the Booze Cruise podcast with uh, me, Jamie, and my lovely host. Hello, I am. I am definitely you know edifying the Booze Cruise because I am quite drunk right now. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever called you lovely on this as well. So there's definitely I mean, emphasising yeah. the the booze at that point. <laughs> I am lovely, but um, but thank thank you all the same. It, it is appreciated. Episode four. Episode um, four. And it's one we've lots of people have been waiting for, I guess. Um, it's I mean, risky business. Yeah, uh, you know, before we get into it, uh, I get this, this is this would essentially be the um, where Cruise becomes the Cruise. He, he, he becomes Tom Cruise in the, yeah. This is the film that basically made him as, as a star. Like, you know, people looked at this after this film, people were like, "Oh, that guy is a bankable star. Let's put him on other shit." And every other film that he's in after this. Is from this film, yeah. Because you know, let to give it some context, they weren't looking at losing it and going, "Let's put him on Top Gun." Immediately, <laughs> so uh, all these films came out in ninety. He had like fucking four hundred films come out in ninety three, but th- this was a film that basically essentially launched him as a as a, as a Hollywood. A very busy boy in nineteen eighty three, which he is was very- which hasn't helped our podcast because it screwed up the whole introducing the year and everything that was going on in it because we didn't really expect there to be three films in the same fucking year um, it is, it's actually four <laughs> four the oh, next yeah, one cause... is also in there <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be fair it, it screws up your bit more than my bit but okay you, you, you carry on so this was released in august 1983 i think it's the 5th of august i've got it down as therefore yet again leaving us with two big number one singles in the UK okay. and and the US. In the UK, Paul Young, Wherever I Lay My Hat. Uh, M.O.R. classic, Paul Young. <laughs> and it's like, but I, I do have a soft spot for his husky vocals. Yeah. It was always a, a favourite on Late Night Love Songs on Magic. <laughs> um, and then possibly my favourite song relating to stalking was number one in the US, which is The Police, Every Breath You Take. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if, if you if you found the lyrics at someone's house to that song and just or, read them out without knowing the song, you'd think serial killer. Or even if you just you just read the lyrics without saying them in a in a musical timing. Every breath you take, every <laughs> every move you make, every breath you take, I'll be watching move you. You make, I'll be watching you. It's like it, say it like a predator, and then you go, oh, okay, yeah, that that that's creepy as. Fuck. It's not at all um, creepy that he wrote that song whilst he was still a school teacher as well. <laughs> Thing, there are questions that need to be answered. Isn't it ironic that his name is Thing and that's what the police should also be doing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just to add a bit more information as well. Um, I was looking across Europe to see if there was any other exciting number ones. Yes. Yeah. Germany being, it's you know, a very special what, place. Was it Hasselhoff? No, no. <laughs> it was... Oh. I, how do you pronounce an O with the umlaut above it? Is it is it still an O or has it got a, a different sound? Do you know? I mean, you you saying words right now. I have no idea. So <laughs> the the name of the artist is D O with an umlaut F. So doof or doof doof or doof uh, with, with the hit song Kodo. Which, if you look it up, 
The video is fucking terrifying. And the, the song itself is equal amounts of dread. If I just play you a snippet. You, you, do you see the video? Hair slid. It's been so hair slid. Let's <laughs> leave hair slid. And the lead singer is sort of like a weird vampire man in a space setting with fangs and lipstick. It's very I mean, confusing. There's a lot to take in. It's like a sensory overload. You know, like, so even if, you know, that, that it was released in 1983, but even if it was released now, but like, I have questions, <laughs> but yeah, regardless, I'll be like, yeah, I, I kind of dig it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to suggest that I would buy it, but if I was drunk in a club, I would dance to it. <laughs> if any listeners out there, go and give the little video a watch on, on YouTube because it is terrifying. All right. So over to you. What what facts and information have you got? Okay, so uh, uh, look, factoids about risky business. Okay. So it is written and directed by a man called Paul Brickman. Nice. Like the most mundane name you'd ever find for a director. Uh, but the, the, the weird thing I found is like, in terms of the, the films that we've seen so far, the first three, it's all been like, Oh my god, this has been directed by like a well-known director. You, you've got like Curtis Hansen, you've got uh, um, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. So, so you, you've got Francis Ford Coppola, Curtis Hansen, these big names who's directed him. Uh, and this guy, given the risky business, essentially at this point, it was a bigger film than both of those films, those other yeah. films. Like, you know, The Outsiders was a hit, but it was a small indie hit. And f- losing it was shit and didn't make any money. This was like a massive, massive success. On, on a budget, it made a shitload of money. Uh, the director directed this and pretty much fucking nothing after that. <laughs> he directed one more film. Uh, it was called Men Don't Leave. Ooh. Yeah, directed in 1990, uh, starring Jessica Lange. Ooh. But okay. given like the how much of a success this film was, and it looked, you know, it's, it essentially launched Tom Cruise's career. The director he wrote and directed this film, so he he was like he, he was just like a hiring. This is my baby. He wrote and directed yeah. it. Massive success, but then really his career in, in terms of the, you know, in terms of writing and directing, nothing else really uh, yeah, from this film. But if you can look at the cast, it has a tasty cast. I mean, not, not as tasty as like a, the outsiders when you've got like a, a whole raft of up and coming stars. But in this film, you have you have Thomas Mapweather the third, Tom Cruise in his first proper starring role. If we're if we're honest, this is where we should have started. Episode one, Risky Business, starring Tom Cruise, because this is his first. Yeah, the but... le- he's the lead. But we would have missed him sort of earning his stripes to get to this point. I mean, I, I, I would never pass up watching the absolute car crash that is losing it. I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a special place in my heart for the horrifying truth of that film uh, that I would never I would ch- never change for anything. But, you know, you, you're Tom Cruise as as the the lead, the star, and Rebecca De Mornay mm. as the female lead, um, who most people will probably... I mean, she, she is, you know, she's one of those actresses that has never been so, like, top tier but it's been in so many films that you would recognize and uh, yeah. yeah and, and see her you, know, you as soon as you see her you go remember the morning yes i've seen stuff uh, i guess most people would know her from the hand of water cradle he's the one that always sticks out yeah because that was that's probably her biggest hit i always remember her uh in the 90s version of the three musketeers oh, with Sutherland yes. as uh madame de winter yeah fantastic i mean i 
yeah okay as soon as i got disney plus and i saw that that was on there i was like i am watching <laughs> the three musty tears with like um chris o'donnell as d'artagnan and <laughs> uh, rebecca de Mornay as man of the window it, it's fantastic in that it's pure, not bad it's not I, as good as dog tanyan and the musker hounds no 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 but, nothing is but you know uh, as good as you know again you know this dog tanyan song is great but the song from uh, the Three Musketeers still not as good as the Dog Tanya song. When you got, uh, I think it was it was Sting, uh, Brian Adams. Oh no, Rod Stewart. <laughs> Rod Stewart. Because it? <laughs> it was awful. It was awful it, love and awful. But wouldn't it be better if it <laughs> would it not have been better if it was Sting, Brian Adams, and Russ Abbott? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's Sting, Brian Adams, and Rod Stewart. Oh, one, it's awful love. It's a lot of husk there. A like, lot. Like if you want to look for something that typifies the nineties, that you know, all you have to do is play that song because yeah. that is full on retro rate nineties. But I digress. Other than uh, De Mornay and 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 Cruz, you've got a Randy. Well, I wasn't expecting you. You've got a Joe Pantoliano, bit of Marvel. Recognize him more as Cipher. In the Matrix, he's basically yeah. the bad. He's he's like the guy in the Matrix that fucking um, rats them out and fucks them over. Yeah, he's he's, he's one of those character actors that you he, he's in Bound and uh, he's in The Fugitive. Basically, character actor, always a supporting actor that he's been in like massive loads of loads of loads of big budget films, but he's like just like a recurring supporting character that you, when you see me go, hey that guy. But when I go Joe Pantaleone, you're like. Who the fuck are you talking about? But if you reference his roles, you're like, ah, oh, that guy, that guy, that guy has been a lot of stuff. And the other mo- most notable one is, um, uh, again, so notable that I didn't bother to mention his name in my notes, but he's the guy who in Beverly Hills Cop. No, no, Beverly Hills Cop, no, no, Beverly Hills, what, the, the original Beverly Hills Cop was like, Frank, he's like, ah, it's good, it's bad. He's like the, the art house curator. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just, uh, but he's like the best friend of this, which is, you know, oh, shit. Joe Pantoliano is also in Memento, which is an amazing film. Memento, and he's in Bad Boys. Yeah, good for him. Aside from the actual casting, yeah, would you like some filmy fact trivia? Yeah, go on, because I've got I've got trivia. a few filmy facts around it as well. So okay, yeah. we'll see who's got I, the best I, ones. I, yeah, I was thinking about you know, these, these little filmy facts. They're, they're, they're little nuggets regarding the film. So what I decided what we could call them. Okay. You give them an if one was to give them a name would be cruise croutons. <laughs> oh dear, the cruise croutons in the soup of his life. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> yeah. So, within That's 10 listeners gone <laughs> <laughs> when watching the film, did you know? Obviously, you know, he's this is a film after losing it and uh, and taps where we know, especially in taps, the boy was like buff, and I was like. Has he always been this fucking man machine yeah. muscle boy? Uh, one of the first things I noticed was like he does not look like he is. He, he's definitely not as buff. He is. He is slimmed down. Yeah, and he he, he doesn't look like the muscle fucking you know, muscle Mary that he, he was to become. And that apparently was a di- he was directed to do that. He he oh, wow. made they made him basically have a high calorie diet and put on weight because they wanted him to have the puppy fat look. And basically, to, to make him look more like a teenager, well, yeah, he yeah. was a teenager, but make him more look uh, like a, a a young teenager. So that's why he yeah. looks that way in this film. They made him go on a workout regime uh, designed to lose weight, uh, so lose ten pounds, but gain puppy fat, 
was the was the was the actual uh, in these days and age you know Cruz would not do that no no he wouldn't sh- he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, change his uh, weight or appearance or anything for anyone nowadays Unless the same he, way he hasn't changed his haircut in 30 years right, no, he, he does a lot he does, he does the long cruise the short cruise yeah uh, that's, that's it but it, would you like to know the other actors who were considered for the the the, the leading role oh like, yeah go on like, I mean, especially because this is 1983 so these are these guys back in back in 1983 1983 so you had John Cusack Ooh. was a front runner Sean Penn his co-star of Taps yeah I don't think it would have worked with Penn no definitely wouldn't Tom Hanks yeah Tom um, Hanks might have worked Michael J Fox from with, from with Fox he always comes across a bit too could you imagine like this film with Fox in it would have been good, but a completely different yeah, film. It would have been very different. It would have been completely different. But and you you gonna like the last the last possible choice that was considered Nicholas Cage. Oh, <laughs> why can't we see so why weren't we gifted with that version? You imagine this oh. film with Nicholas Cage is is a film I want to fucking see. I want yeah. I want to see a remake. With Nicholas Cage, with, with right Cage now. is it now? And <laughs> no one, like, like, no one acknowledges yeah. the fact that he's like a fifty-year-old like, man. Still, <laughs> still, everyone is teenagers and at school, and him at school. But he's Nicholas Cage now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that film. <laughs> <laughs> but no one acknowledges the fact that he's an old man. That, no, that, no, that no, 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 never, never acknowledge that those are all the crew's croutons. Oh. Um, it had a budget of six point two million. It had a, an American gross. Bearing in mind, this is 1983 of yep. 63 million dollar. That's big. Which is, which is a fucking. I mean, based on his budget, you mean? Especially for it, like a teen drama film. Yeah, really. well, like, not really teen, but sort of. Yeah, it's basically off the chart. The the for what it cost in terms of return on on output is is ridiculous. And the music, the score is by Tangerine Dreams. Yep. Which you know, in terms of like you know 80s. They did a bit of a couple of like uh, you know quintessential eighty tracks. So, uh, they did Legend, which is a a film that will be coming up yeah. uh, in the next couple of episodes. Uh, they did Near Dark, which is one of the best vampire films you'll find out there. Uh, it, uh, Lance Henriksen. It's directed by a female director who did Catherine Bigelow. There you go, Catherine Bigelow. I did write yeah. it down to you. I made notes. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Catherine Bigelow. Near Dark. It, it, it's got Lance Henriksen. It's a it's a really good gritty Western style vampire film. But Tangerine Dream. Yeah, I mean that that is like you know I'm not gonna give away anything of how I feel about this film, but the fact that Tangerine's Dreams did the score is is one of the high points. <laughs> but you know in in terms of reviews if you go on Rotten Tomatoes they got basically currently stands at 92% not to delve into aggregate scores too much Tom Cruise and Rebecca De Mornay dated in real life not long after the filming of this I mean Cruise has a you know early history of dating stroke fucking his co-stars or should we say Asking them to say that he did. Putting them on as a beard. Yeah. <laughs> what is your latest beard, Tom Cruise, in the 1980s? Is it Denise from uh, Cheers? Is it uh, Rebecca De Mornay? Is it whoever is in your next film? What the uh, alternative name for the film was? No, I didn't even get that. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> so the original name for the film was called 
white boys off the lake. What the fuck? And the, the, the film studio rejected saying it was shit and it made it sound like an off-way Broadway play. <laughs> but not even good. <laughs> yeah. So that was the, the original idea for it. Um, and also, the we get into it. Actually, no, I'll, I'll hold this one back till we get to the actual scene okay. in the actual film. But I suppose, how would you describe Risky Business to someone if you're going to get them to watch it? I mean, if you were like an alien like landing on this planet... I would tell them not to watch it, but <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, if you look at the last film that we've done with Cruise is Losing It, it's not essentially a, a massive step away from what he did in that film. No. It's just possibly done a lot better, but in some ways a lot worse. It's sort um, of a comedy about teenage boy guilt or awkwardness yeah. at the times. I, you know, and again with... It is again, you know, I have to remind myself I'm watching a film that was made in you know the 80s. The major difference with this is that when we were watching his previous films, there wasn't a lot of like people who knew about him. I mean, even I didn't yeah. know about him. Whereas this was like, I know about this, you know, it's, it's that film with Cruz sliding across the floor, yeah, and like that is that film. So when you watch it and you go, the sexual politics of it are so fucked up, <laughs> and basically go, oh, wait, I well. So this is a good film, but it's fucked up. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, uh, young crews finishing school. So yeah. you assume, you know, it's, it's, it's America times. So he's, what, 17. Yeah. Um, he is basically the button-down student, which is, you know, you know again, I, we've, we've talked about this off-air, that he's... The best thing about this film is is Cruz's performance because he is he is really good in this film. Yeah. In terms of uh, he, you understand what, by watching this film, you understand why Cruz became a star because he, yeah. his 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 acting ability and his likability go from like the last couple of films, like the last three films to this film, go up a hundred percent. And I'm like he like what what did he do in between? The Outsiders are losing it to this film. And this is the so period. I partly think it's down to the, the quality of the actual film and oh, script but, and stuff. Absolutely. Where he's, but, he's but, given a lot more to do with in this. Like, he gets to show range. He's not like, in this, you're a psychopath. So you just show that all the I, way through. Yeah, he I, shows I layers I, and range and various different sort of parts of his character in this one as opposed to previously where he's a very sort of single sort of subject character in that he's only got one side to him <laughs> but i think a lot of it has to do with him not <coughs> not having to play the character that he's played in those previous films like being, yeah. not being the tough guy or like the the fucking uh sub enforcer guy yeah. suddenly he's like he'd he, he be they're going to you know we've already said he, they're going to swim down the film he's playing basically this is his first role he's like, his first leading role and he's also playing something completely like, from the opposite or from what he what he's played before so he, yeah you can tell that Cruz is like i want to basically go i can do more i can be more than the I, i'm not just like the tough guy eating cake <laughs> yeah I, i'm not just like the guy that does backflips I'm not just the guy who like guns down civilians for no reason. Like yeah. I, I can be like a leading man, and, and he absolutely fucking knows it. Yeah. And the, the best thing about this film is is 100% Cruz's performance, and he he knows it. And he, you know, I'm watching it and I'm going, how many times have you, you know, how many films I've seen him in? Watching this film and like, especially given it reference to the previous one we've seen, like the the, the difference between losing it 
and this film going well, you oh. know, essentially they were made in the same year you were, yeah. well, they were released in the same year you know, that's probably a little bit of change in how uh, when they were actually made but he I was like did this guy like I mean we were like yes he works with uh, Coppola and Curtis Hansen did he like go like so guys like tell me how to be an actor <laughs> <laughs> and like did they, they give him act, acting lessons do you, or do you think he just watched those films back and went but, yeah it, I don't want to do it, that if you, if you if you listen to interviews with me, like if you, the, the amount, if you look, especially his early career, Cruz worked with some fucking top flight directors. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't realize that he worked with Coppola or Kerry Sanson, but yeah, he worked with Scorsese and basically of the time and, and going forward, amazing directors. And he he always says like what he did was like just learn, 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 and like pick all the shit up and like as a young actor, just picked up everything that was going to happen. Uh, everything that was happening and sort of took that on board so he's he's obviously he can't fault him for his work ethic yeah. <laughs> I mean you have Cruz as the naive uh, young student who is like the you know essentially the geek of the group he's not he's not, yeah. the, he's, he's not the a very from a, a very well off middle class family the first thing that I noticed which is a, seems to be a trope with 80s film is that you have teenagers in 80s films who are essentially in, they're not teenagers because they're in their their 20s, 30s. Yeah. Uh, but but their parents are always like in their like 50s and 60s. It's like, yeah. like, son, you don't do you know, my teenage son don't do these things while we're gone away. But like, you're like my granddad's age. <laughs> it's, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But you, you every 80s film, like like the, the, the mum and dad are always massively, massively older than they should be. It's just, it's just like a weird thing. That I they suppose do. it must be a knock-on effect of the actors playing the teenagers. So if they were yeah. realistic ages, they'd look too close in age and it would just be confusing. So we start with the uh, Joel, who's Tom Cruise's character this time. Yep. Was, did it start with the weird, sexy dream sequence? Yeah. I'm looking at my notes and I'm going, I don't understand what these mean. Yeah, and it yeah, it starts off with the, the sort of weird, sexy 80s um, dream sequence. Yet again. Oh. And then he walks into a steamy, steamy shower room. So is that you have... how many Tom Cruise films in a row now of showers? <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, you know, like before he ran, it was a shower sequence was, yeah. was his thing. And I'm like, just, just to emphasise what this film wants to be, like within the first five minutes, you have what I have termed as lady bum and boobage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've also lady got bum. a reference to stars in your eyes. Because due to the amount of steam, it looked like he was a, the bit when he walked through the doors into the showers is very much like tonight, Matthew. I'm going to be Tom Cruise. <laughs> when he opens the door, he's like, sexy, sexy time, lady in the shower. Is yeah. he going to open the door and is it going to be his mum? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> ah! Yeah. Which, okay, my, my, my first note on, on what this. You, given given that sequence where you know, he sort of like you know, he, he sees the, the, the woman in the shower yeah has the horrible wake up uh, that immediately gives you what this the theme of this film is which I have put succinctly as don't follow your dick <laughs> <laughs> and like within 10 minutes of this film I've worked out that the theme is don't follow your dick it's, and, it's never going to end well and from anything that precedes this film that I was proved wrong in that assumption yeah, I suppose that's probably probably correct I mean, to an extent. In typical 80s style, the relationship in, in terms of the masculinity is all their friends sitting around playing poker and smoking 
cigars because that is what masculinity what? is in the 80s. Well, it is. You can't... If, if you don't smoke a cigar and play poker, are you even a man? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's basically what it's feels like. like. That is the, 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 the typical uh, depiction of masculinity. But what I liked within this section, you'll see um, Tom Cruise's parents, Joel's parents are going off on, you know, leading to the entire scenario of how he can get away with this. They're, they're going away for uh, an undisclosed amount of time. It's like, this is going away. It doesn't matter. They're going to see going an injured relative, isn't it? Didn't they uh, mention yeah, it's yeah. sort of like they're going to see someone who's hurt or something? I'm sure they but, Yeah, but you know, like how it's like, why are they going away? How long they're going away for is, is like, is not... It's immaterial. Yeah. Uh, what's most important is three factors come up is do not touch the base on my stereo. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch my glass egg. Oh, we <laughs> can't mess with a Fabergé egg. I, I would say <laughs> I, that the egg is the third main lead in the film. Absolutely. But the the, the best line, which, you, know, you know, when you're watching these films and because they're, you know, there's just lines that like hit you like, what the fuck? Like, was that normal? It, if I was in 1983, I would, say, would that line pass by? And it's the line by the mother when they're packing their bags and she goes, did you pack my mace? <laughs> did, did you pack my mace? Because where are they going? Fucking uh, out of Mongolia. Like, make sure I've got my mace because well, foreigners will come at me. Well, maybe they're going to a medieval reenactment and she's actually got an actual mace. Exactly. Like, where's my mace? Where's my gauntlet? Did you pack your armour? Maybe, that, that, maybe mace is a cover name for her, like, personal toys. <laughs> We're like 10 minutes in. I'm like, what the fuck? That is just like hit me out of nowhere. She pet my mace. I did notice. It, you know, also, again, it's it's one of those things where when you when you sort of retrospectively watch films from the eighties and nineties, uh, given that the time we're in, I immediately notice how much people smoke in films. Yeah, there's a because lot of the, smoking. Like everybody fucking smokes. almost and every it, scene, pretty much. And it's like you, and it's that weird thing. I'm like going as much as people still smoke today. That is kind of almost in the minority. And I'm not just speaking because I've gave up smoking nine months ago and I love it. <laughs> Look, the only good thing lockdown has given me is uh, the ability to stop smoking. Um, but it is a weird thing like because it, it's not just like oh that character smokes. It is every single character. Yes, they do smoke stupid amounts. There's a few interesting bits at the start. Yeah. So obviously they're like they're goading him to try and oh. get a hooker which seems to be an obsession in American films that teenagers lose their virginity to hookers like yeah. i don't re- ever remember but at any point in school anyone and even some of the wrongans suggesting to sleep with <laughs> prostitutes to lose their virginity it was just sort of i don't know that was not something that was ever brought to we table. had house parties yeah <laughs> yeah the bike but, said yeah um, unless you're one of our friends who did lose their virginity to a hooker who had to go to a foreign country for this to happen it just seems a bit mad it seems to be an obsession in american films like american pie Sort of, it's alluded to. In, even in uh, you know, even in the last film that we did as a podcast, yes, it? yeah, that was the entire yeah, basis the whole plot of the of film. Fucking film. You know, like when you have two cultures that you think, yeah, American and English culture are so similar that we sometimes, most of the time, we don't see the differences. When you actually look at it, you go. There's massive, massive differences yeah. between the two. And one of them is that we do not generally in England want to lose our virginity to prostitutes. We, we rather do it 
when we're drunk at 15 at a house party when after I fainted her and she doesn't care anymore and I put it in. <laughs> oh dear. Um, in addition <laughs> to that, there's a few um, scenes that are shot in almost first person, like almost yeah, a bit like I mean, Peep Show, which I thought was quite weird and not something you generally would see in an 80s film, is it? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few sort of like, what when he's walking the parents to the airport and yeah. it's like full on like first person, I was like, we're watching this film as like a, a as an asshole, like... Aware of the film, never watched it, but it was popular at the time. So we're, we're coming from a slightly different perspective. And I wasn't expecting that kind of, but it has directorial choices. We go back in, you know, back in 1983, no one was fucking doing that. And so I, so I, I get why people like going, in this film at that time, people were like, you know, if you watch that film in 90, if you sat in a cinema in 1983, you would not be expecting this film to no. sort, of, sort of, you know, to turn up and yeah, and I understand why it is as highly rated as it is because people will bring on we've not seen that shit before. Yeah, another what thing I noticed, I could be well off here, but is his mum Rizzo from Greece? No, no, good. <laughs> I, not I've never seen Greece. Um, but Lauren just was like, Lauren thought was like, that's Rizzo. Doomed. It's Rizzo. His mum's Rizzo. I'm like, I don't know who Rizzo is. Is that is that the rat we- from the Muppets? Um, <laughs> I don't think it's him. I did. I did like um, as immediately after his he's, he, he's on the POV sending the parents off at the uh, at the airport and he goes back and he makes what I termed a man's whiskey. He pours himself like half a pint of whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know, there's a weird attempt to show like to show his growth from being like a teenage runabout, even though he's like the even though he's like the geek, he wants to stay at home, he wants to study, he wants to do well. It still has him like a, he, he's still thirsty as fuck and wants yeah. to yeah, wants you know wants to get laid. So he pours him, you know, parents are gone, he pours himself half a pint of whiskey and then tries to eat a frozen what the fuck is the food? TV dinner. Next thing he was what on earth was he trying to eat? Because he sort of picks up like in it's so did he not cook it? I couldn't. I didn't yeah. understand what he was trying to do at that point. This, this is this is why uh, the major problem I have with these kind of films is, is that you take a character, and go, we're going to do a comedy bit which doesn't actually fit with sense or character. We go, oh, you're just going to try and eat a frozen dinner because isn't that funny? You don't even know how to make a frozen dinner, like. But in reality, you like go, well, this is a frozen thing. I wouldn't sit here and go, I'm going to try and chew it. You go, well, clearly this has to be put in the oven because otherwise, because yeah. I'm not. A fucking moron, but yeah. So the, it, but I forgive it because it is. You know, you will find that in you know, it is an eighties trope where you go, let's just have a single scene of stupidity because it makes it a funny scene. You know, like it doesn't have any, you know, any, any bearing to character or story. It's just let's do a funny. I did a funny. Missed the mark with a few of the funnies. I, I still, under, did. I mean, I'm still undecided whether I think it was funny that. The first prostitute that he calls and that arrives. I, I have massive problems with that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I want to see this film in the uh, the light of it being a film from 1983. Yeah, yeah. But I am a person who lives in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at and going, so basically, you know, you, not only is this film massively anti-feminist and uh, sexist, 
it's also a bit anti-trans as well <laughs> like in a massive way like oh my god a fucking trans person has turned well, up and- yeah it is because that sort of initially seemed as like a cheap laugh isn't it that's what they were going but to be fair yes he, he's not I mean, horrible to her given, and given the context, she gives him nice nice advice and he, he he's very much yeah, like yeah. oh that's not what I wanted Re- bearing in mind again, 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 again bearing in mind this is 1983 my expectation would be a lot lower for what that yeah, scene would I would be. have thought there'd and be then, a lot. That's why I, like, I may have not loved this film, but there are elements of it which I would like to applaud. It will probably be my, you know, my, my summation at the end is like there, 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 there's stuff that that happens with this film, which I'm like, I don't get why it's a classic. Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all, but I understand why I can imagine people if 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 you were of that era. Which we are not, you know, as much as we like, yeah, I was alive, but <laughs> but I was not um, aware of this. But I imagine but it shows you how much um, the world's progressing and changing, and thoughts and um, what's right and what isn't. Like a good instance of that I see, saw the other day is that um, Comedy Central showing all of the American Pie films at the minute. You show an American Pie film to someone yeah. who's like fifteen or fourteen now, you will not get anywhere near the same reaction that someone would have done no. 20 yeah. years ago whenever they, whenever they yeah, came out. Absolutely. So the, the thing that surprised me most about this film is the classic scene that, every, you know, regardless if you've seen this film or not, everybody has seen Cruz slide across the floor yeah. in sunglasses, in his underpants and a shirt to the da-na-na-na-na-na-na. And that was a that, that was so much earlier in the film that I, yeah, I, I thought that I was, was like expecting a, that was going to, it was, there's a build up to that moment. Not that it's just, yeah. just it's and almost like, like a throwaway scene sort of. It's like 20 minutes on. in, there's like, which yeah, I, I kind of laugh in a way. Like, I, I love the fact that something that is, uh, you know, iconography is just like a throwaway moment. Like, you know, like in the same way that I'd built up, before I'd seen Taxi Driver, I'd built up. You're talking to me, yeah, in my head. Oh, like, uh, not even just that scene, but that entire film was different from what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, and there's so many films that like have these iconic moments and they surpass it, you know, or, or subvert expectations. And this one definitely was like, I did not think with that just happens nonchalantly in 10 minutes. We're, we're you know, 10 minutes in, there's like an interesting fact about that scene as well is that Cruz pretty much lived it all. Yeah. The picking up the candlestick, the fake guitar plan, all that he made all that up on the spot. Okay. Can we talk about? I mean, I, I'm probably skipping ahead of my notes. Okay, we'll, we'll stick to the running order because next on my notes is um yeah I was going thought it was gonna be later. Yeah, I've got famous scene early doors. Hugh Grant ripped him off big time. Prick is my next note. Friends come over as a fuck. Cruz gives up his own bedroom. <laughs> That is creepy. I would... He is like, but like he's he's very young at this point, but he's he, he's still the cruise. The fact that he's like like uh so um I heard your parents. Basically, he has like one of his friends come over. He's like, so I heard your your parents went here. Am I can I come to your bedroom? He's <laughs> like, yeah, fuck fuck your bird in my bedroom. That's such a pussy move. I, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it feels disingenuous. I, I've got a li- I've got a little bit more to add on the the sliding across the floor scene though. As we, okay. So uh, Lauren's comment in that was 
why has he got a shirt on? Why is he not just in pants? <laughs> and why is he wearing creepy little boy pants? I mean, it's the 80s. They were all creepy little boy pants. Uh, at which point his mate Darby arrives, which we just mentioned about, and asks to use his bedroom to have sex in. He's like, which, yeah. which then progresses to them having very noisy sex while Tom Cruise is demoing <laughs> the shittiest... His mate's demoing the shittest product idea <coughs> of all time. But you know, like, what, what, what always amuses me is when, when you, like... Is it's the way these films are cast that you wouldn't they you, know, you you could remake the same film now and they would not cast it in the same way. So you've got like the friend of Cruz, like the the elder friend. So he's essentially you've got Cruz who is a you know high school senior, but his mate who is a college guy. Yeah, but the college guy looks like no one would fuck him <laughs> for you know no one would pay to fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who, I don't know who played that role, but you know, I'm not saying that no one will fuck you. But he's not the he's not the atypical. He's not walking in going like I am like the the fucking uh, the, the blue eyed blonde haired guy who like everyone wants to be. And but he's like so you got like this like this little kind of little midgety sort of not great looking guy like going ah, you know, God, this is amazing. This is what you want to do. You want to fuck everybody. You wouldn't make it that way these days. No. You, you like you wouldn't you wouldn't hire that guy as the guy that you, essentially you. This guy is supposed to be who Cruz is aspiring to be, but he's like, why would you aspire to be that guy? Aspire to be you because you're much like yeah, but you're, I, you're I much get, more attractive than this guy. I get <laughs> you're that. already like, get you're playing that, 16, 17, but you're already more attractive than this guy. I get it, that, it's, but it's, young people are stupid. You do look up and admire people that no, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. But uh, I'm, I'm talking about the, the way the film portrays yeah. it. Yeah, like, you know, like in terms of like even ten years, twenty years later, you would not portray that in the same way. No, uh, he's he's portrayed like if you go back and go. If you were casting that film now, you would not cast that guy. <laughs> you cast okay, okay. If you were casting that today, uh, even if you had like sort of 1983 crews, you'd be casting like I don't know, Josh Demichel or something, or you'd be casting like uh, James McAvoy or something. Yeah, <laughs> you'd, yeah. Be, you'd be casting like some sort of elder gent who's like, I'm old but I'm young and I'm fucking loving life. That's the guy you cast in that role, not yeah. like some random unattractive man. Sorry, whoever you are, it was in the <laughs> film, but it's, it's 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 just like, but you don't. It is a choice that was always made that wasn't even thought of in the, in, the, in that style of film. But yeah, that's like, that's why I love an eighties film because it's so fucking off the wall and random. Yeah. I look at it and go, why, why would you make these choices? <laughs> um, but they did. The, there's also the after he's demoing it and they decide that they're going to go take the dad's car for a spin. He asks his mate to uh, let himself out and to give two grunts for yes. And he's having <laughs> could, sex. Could, can we mention b- before they go out in the car? Um, obviously, they're, they're like um, what their majors uh, essentially are uh, in business. finance or some kind of entrepreneur business shite. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, yeah, entrepreneurs. Oh, I mean, I, I do love the the joyriding in yep. the Porsche because it's like 
the, the weird thing about Chris's character in this film is like they, they set him up as a I don't do anything wrong. I'm like yeah. a good kid. Yeah. But then he's like, let's go, you know, parents have gone away. Let's go joyriding in the family Porsche. Yeah. Which they do. Doesn't go very well. Well, I quite like you. It's, it's been a while since we, you know, between us watching this film and us recording this. It's, yeah. It's been, it's been a little. So I like the fact that I've written at 17 minutes and 40 seconds sex dungeons and I have no idea what that means <laughs> so am I the leather castle what the fuck dominatrix <laughs> yes oh, that must be the leather castle what was that all of <laughs> I mean but this one I put like uh, did Cruz take some acting lessons in between this illusion it is immediately likable and charming let's think what I noticed more than you take away what you think about the film Cruz is very fucking likable and charming yeah and like, but what I've taken away is like, I've always thought that because I've watched him in X amount of films. Yeah. But if you go from his like, he's like career start off and watch him like, this is where he started. And then I'm watching him in like Taps and go, I get what his character is. And like, I'm watching him in uh, At the Outsiders and go, he's playing the same thing. I'm watching him losing it and going, he don't really have anything to do other than apparently woo Diane from Cheers. Yeah, he just and has nothing to do with other one, like, getting abused. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, suddenly in this film, he fucking steps up to the point where like, okay, movie star, you are a fucking star. You are a absolute fucking... I, I understand why people watch this. You mean a lot of the film, but I 100% know why people watch this and go, hi, that man, hi, that man, because yeah. he has fucking star quality. It's that... that, that, that undefinable quality of like looking at someone and going yeah he just has that thing where I want to watch more of him yeah even though you're in something shit be in more things is what he brought to this role you mentioned he got to his first um, joyride of the dad's Porsche yep I'm sure it's the dad's Porsche not to mug off the mum but don't think it'd be hers <laughs> it's the 80s um, it's definitely the dad's Porsche we get a lot of twangy music a lot of twangy 80s sort of music. Um, his mate goes on and on and on trying to get him to buy, pay for a hooker and eventually sort of tricks him into it and sort of does it. What I, I, I kind of liked, but it, I, I thought it was a massive plot hole, is that when, when they go back to, you know, obviously they, they have the night out in Joy Riding in the Porsche. They go back and he's like, I'm going to dial the hooker. I'm going to order, I'm going to order you the hooker. He, you know, he dials it and orders it. He's like, puts the phone in and he's like, what the fuck have you done? And he tries to like call back and like, I'm pretty sure you had a redial function even in 1983. Yeah. One like, what was the number? I was like, what was the number? I was like, just fucking redial it. Shit. <laughs> so last out number. He's like, yeah, don't come. But th- th- that would be against the plot. The call is made. She's coming. She arrives eventually, and it's going down. And then we see her. Yeah, so she arrives. Yeah, she. Well, I'm. I'm yeah, it's, I think that's the correct term, isn't it? To call it to say she. I mean, I, as a member of the LGBTQ community, yes, yes, she she arrives would be the right term. Yeah. Good. See, oh, I'm all new to all this. She quite, she clearly realizes quite early on that it's not really what he was looking for. She, yeah. she, she wasn't what she was looking. For. She's quite reasonable as well. She just wants to pay for Absolutely. the taxi home. Just wants her, yeah, just her taxi covered. Recommends someone else and arranges that for him. Well, no, just recommends someone else to him and gives her the, gives him a number, doesn't he? 
and says, all you... <laughs> see, he says something quite... Well, looking like, for all, you, all, you, all you middle-class young white boys want this or something, she says, or something along those lines. Um, he then has another weird dream sequence. I mean, my, my, a lot of my notes are like, another dream sequence? Like, okay, and also, I've got, again, I've got what the fuck is with his pants. I've got the now traditional shower scene. Juice sequence two. Yeah. Swap wank. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a swap wank. There, there is like police swap fucking invading the building while he's tying one off. Um, but then, okay, the film gets really weird at this point because I'm like, you, you go from one dream sequence to him like making a call and then I'm like, is it dream sequence three? I don't understand. Is it a dream sequence? Because <clears throat> he does some weird stuff to make the call. So at this point, he does, <laughs> I've got a note that reminds me a little bit of what Kirk might do at this point. That he puts his baseball, he puts his baseball mask on to ring her. Yeah, I could quite imagine Kirk putting his goalie gloves on, to, <laughs> <laughs> or holding his tennis racket. Why is why is yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I'd like to say that isn't going to happen, but it's probably going to happen. But then, but he, mean, but my, the, the, I've got quite a lot of problems with the sort of the next few parts of the film in this sense. Look, in that, okay, that he he puts his baseball mask on and ums and ahs about ringing her. Makes the but, call and does it, and he's really awkward. That entire sequence presents itself like it's a dream sequence. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, my notes were like, dream sequence three? Yeah. Is Joel psychic? <laughs> but but the, the, basically, so you have like a, a very much a ethereal sequence where she comes in and, and they fuck yeah, in no, several places. So if, like, before so we get to that, though, Right, so he yeah. so he puts a baseball mask on, makes a call, orders her, and then goes to sleep, <laughs> which is really <laughs> fucking weird. Because you think at that point he'd be like either really excited and hyped, or terrified, scared, and anxious, waiting yeah. for it. Wouldn't just go, oh, I better get some rest before she comes. <laughs> just goes and has a little nap. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. I, I, if it was me, I would be either excited or terrified, or a combination of both. Probably Everyone wouldn't go and have a little nap. Yeah, I mean, and then I've got yeah. this. The, the, her, her arrival, it isn't clear whether it's a dream sequence or not. Hey, At really? all. I was because I, I, I just did. I was like, is this happening or not happening? I'm really, really confused. And because he's for a guy who's very nervous and not done this before, he goes straight he's in. Done. He goes straight for the All mix. Right. <laughs> My notes go, Jeeves Seekers 3, question mark. More bum and boob. Is Joel psychic? Stair sex, chair sex. It's not a dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got, is it a dream sequence? Is it real? I don't know. Okay, it's a dream. Oh, no, wait, it wasn't. Shut up. It's real. She's still there in the morning. <laughs> okay. But... To bring it on to the next major, to drive everything forward, prostitute steals glass egg plot. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Well, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting this entire film to hinge on the fact that a prostitute steals a glass egg. Yeah, a Fabergé egg. Because she wants her payment. Is it there? Of, no, I don't know. But she wants her payment of $300, doesn't she? And he's like, she, uh, she I haven't got any cash, but I can go and cash in my bonds. I mean... 
I work for a bank. That feels, I mean, it was dated, but I mean, I, I guess people did that back in the day. Back in the day. But I said like middle class pro- problems, having to cash in your bonds to pay for your hooker because they've stolen your egg. This is when, <laughs> <laughs> this is when she gets started to be chased by Guido the Guido. pimp. Yeah, played by uh, Joe Pantone. Guido Fawkes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so he go while he's off going to get cash in his bonds to pay for his hooker. Um, she's like, well, fuck this! I'm just going to steal your egg. They do, they, they do you know, he, he brings in his friend to like do a bit of stealth stalking. Stealth stalking is what we're going to call it. Stealth Super liking. Super liking. <laughs> <laughs> I think is what the term's called. But yeah, so obviously his egg, <laughs> the egg goes missing, and he's livid, and he manages so to, he manages to track her down to some sort of fancy rescue with the whole intention of like, I'm getting my egg back, and then he just. But it's it. my egg. <laughs> And then he just bottles it, basically. <laughs> Goes all the way there, stare at her. But, goes, then, nah. but, like, but then, like, Guido, the pimp, told her, like, like, what the fuck you're doing? It's like, I don't know what's happening. And, like, she randomly gets to her, like, just drive. Just drive with me. Yeah. Drive with me. And then, obviously, her pimp turns up with a gun, because it's America, and it wouldn't be a film unless there was at least one gun in it. But then, you know, they, they take her back to her house, his house. You've skipped gone. a very important section there in that where he, Tom Cruise comes out with probably the most unrealistic line of the whole film, where he <laughs> says, hey, Buster, get off the car. Who has ever <laughs> said, hey, Buster? Especially as a teenager. Um, I've said it several times. No, I've never. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've never said this. Never. So they try and he gives her a lift. Yep. Um, manager tries to follow. Um, I've got down in my notes. Oh, okay, she's a crazy bitch. I think I like her now. There's the thing where, like, obviously they have like the whole thing where, like, oh, you're a prostitute, and yeah, I kind of knew, and the car's gonna fall into the ocean or whatever's happening here. No, that's later on, though. No, but, yeah, the, you're right. But, but you've got but, the. But Tom seems to have grown some balls at this point and got like a bit cocky and you know, like. Yeah, I'm going to outrun this guy. But then can't outdrive the weird pimp man in his shitty car when he's in a brand new Porsche. There's a moment where he, he comes back to the house and his mates there for the um, car shit. And he basically goes, oh. he's like, did you fuck my prostitute? He's like, I did not fuck your prostitute. I fucked your prostitute's friend. <laughs> and like, that's okay then. Good. I am glad. You did not fuck the whore. You fucked the friend's my it also, it or... also leads to one of those one of those really awkward moments that we all have to go through as a teenager um, when you have to ask your prostitute to leave in the morning so you can go to school. You know, <laughs> that, that awkward oh, situation that we've all been in, been in at some point. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Sorry, you've got to go. I've got maths in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the maths. Obviously, they have to joyride and destroy the car. Yes. Well, when I say destroy the car, it would be destroyed. There wouldn't be any realistic way of fixing that car because it's gone full into a lake. So it would need a full engine rebuild at that point, which, hey-ho, would cost more than however much money they think it's going to cost. Least. But then they come up with the amazing plan of how to uh, get the money back, don't they? Which would be your first step to go to by turning your own house <laughs> into a brothel. It's the sensible solution, isn't it? Of course. Uh, I'm looking at my notes and going, where are we with this plot? It's not 80s teen comedy unless an adult sports car gets trashed. I think I'm there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. See, Joel and... Uh, uh, his lovely prostitute new girlfriend got his genius plan to pay to fix the car by basically 
prostituting all of her friends out to all, all the people in his school year um, nice. by holding Especially, a big party. Which I, I assume is typified by my lines, but I've put, run to your whore, Tom. Yeah. There's a, a, what I found, what I was not expecting with this film, he, he, I assumed it was going to be some sort of um, porky style, raucous, you know, sex comedy from like teen comedy. Not a film where 17-year-old decides the way to go forward in life is not to go to a prestigious university, but to make money by exploiting women. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's social commentary on the on the capitalist dream, isn't it? Well, yeah, okay. If, if you want to press that point... I do have a, yeah, quite a few problems sure. in that... So they come, with this, they come together with this genius plan of basically having the big house party, inviting all her prostitute friends, and then charging all these schoolmates to have a go sort of thing. And it, it's a it's a good money spinner, which you would have thought he would have arranged to meet his college recruiter probably the next day or before it, not like in the middle of it. Through it, a bit ambitious. I 100% agree. Um, so, so he drops in midway through it. Uh, he does. Joel- he, she's like, and I am a plot point. No, I, I'm not even a character. I'm a plot point. Would yeah. you like to deal with me? Um he doesn't even hide the fact of what's going on. It's all sort of happening around him. He's like, she's rolling an extra bed into the room while they're talking. <laughs> show, again, showing what's going to happen. <laughs> we should love you. It is good. But I quite, <laughs> what I quite like is um, they go, what should be like the, the point of, oh no, this person has turned up and it's going to destroy everything, which is like a plot point. We're going to ignore that. And we're gonna randomly gonna go on a train journey. Fuck. Oh no, 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 no. Before we get to the train journey though, we've got to go through that how Tom explains to his his um school teacher man that the uh what the his new business plan pitches. Almost like a dragon's den moment. <laughs> <laughs> we're just having you know, I don't know, like a High school mixer with uh, prostitutes, and you know, they get what they want, we get what we want. It's great money. Used to be the way. And for that reason alone, I'm in. Um, <laughs> don't combine time I'm fucking in so at the, by at this point um, Tom Cruise's character has flunked school he's destroyed his car um, he still hasn't got the egg back so things aren't he's making money he's making bank but it's not all going great um, so they've set up the high school escort agency as one does um, it's going pretty well uh, there's a great line of college girls can smell ignorance when they're talking about having sex with her Again, Princeton man turns him down, but basically, doesn't he? Says you're not going to get into college. Um, yes. but by the end of the night, you see Princeton man leaving with one of the girls. So <laughs> it leaves he it here. Anyway. Has he changed his mind? No, I think I, I think he just managed to get some because that's what happens with that sort of guy. Um, I've also got that. Um, <laughs> When Tom Cruise is talking to the Princeton man, we get our first insight to full Tom Cruise film smugness at that point. I mean, he is charming as fuck. He is the most charming. Uh, you know, well, no, he, he's not the most charming he's ever been. He is as enigmatic and charming as he, as he has been um, until this point. His mum and, da- his mom and dad ring yeah. as well. His mum and dad ring, speaks to them on the phone. While she's whispering naughtiness into Tom Cruise's ears, um, we get a, a musical plot preview as well. When Phil Collins coming on the train tonight comes on, <laughs> um, which they then go onto the train and have weird train. Oh sets. my god, the trains! <laughs> the train sequence. What the fuck is happening there? 
Yeah, I I struggle with that because I couldn't have thought of anywhere worse to have sex on than the train because they're filthy fucking things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, train sex is not. I mean, I have I've done that, but <laughs> I didn't in the sense of enjoy it. Train or tube? Train. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, train and but you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> there's nothing worse than like trying to make someone come between <laughs> stations. <laughs> like, ha, I mean. Do I have to stop because there's going to be people getting on? Oh, dear. Fine. I mean, like... Have you increased your drink content as we've got through this last section, I think? Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh... Oh, 100%. Oh, right. I apologise um, to anyone who listens to this. They've stacked up the money now. Um, yeah. They, they um, get the car fixed, which is as, you. absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> it's just like... So ludicrous. As fuck. It's so bad. Um, but then they get back and his whole house has been stolen. Gets back and yeah. there's literally nothing in the house. Yet again, Tom Cruise rings up the pimp this time because he knows he's taking all this stuff. He knows it's the pimp man. And again, he says, listen to me, buster, you a-hole. Yeah, at any point, you got to go, this entire film is a Yellow Pages advert. It's a little bit. He's um, like, uh, uh, who wants to fix my house? A... Ah, oh, hardly. <laughs> um, so he, he, he chases um, Guido. Guido um, eventually Guido, Guido, Guido eventually agrees to sell him back all his own furniture. Oh, did, did, did we mention the um, what 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 song do they have train sex to? Coming in the air tonight just before. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah Phil, basically Phil, still, Collins. Still... Phil Collins. Bill Collins, sexy time. Um, so the whole scene of him buying the stuff back is really silly because he's sort of like, how much for this? How much for this? And he's like, literally, just take all the money and give me all my stuff back when we're even. Okay, I am going to back check because uh, I'm obsessed with the train sex. It's <laughs> ridiculous. That before they like fully commit to having sex on a train, Cruz actually grabs a man and goes, fuck off out of my carriage. <laughs> Basically, he takes the homeless man and throws him off the train and goes, you can't be here for what I have sex with the old lady. Yeah. That is an actual sequence. I, I've written down, ejects homeless man from train. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I mean, he's like, get off this train. He's like, I know I'm going. I mean, he could have been going to it. He could have lived like two soft nights with her. He's like, no, no, get off. I want you. You are, you are the underclass man. I want to have sex with my high-class prostitutes. Cough. That, that's that, that's yeah. an actual thing that happened. Yeah. So he he buys all his stuff back. Him and his friends, again, ludicrously get all the furniture back to all the same places it was in the house on their own. Which, <laughs> which is sounds mental, because they wouldn't be able to do that in the time. Yeah, and the essential point of it is, is the glass egg. We're all yeah. about the glass it's all egg. about the glass egg. The lead, the third lead role in the film. And his <laughs> mum and dad come back, having him but, not picked them up from the airport. What and the I first thing is, they noticed is the egg. What I love here, you know, the fact that the egg was a thing. You know, it was like the, the, there was too many points, but like egg, egg it was like, why are we looking at this egg? It's like, apparently, spot point. But when they did the whole thing, it was like, he's like, oh, fine, here's the egg, and they threw it. I was like, so okay, the next film was all the right moves. Was this like an audition for his fucking film that I don't want to see, that apparently we have to see? <laughs> Cast that egg. 
all the right moves, yeah, all the right moves, man. So, yeah, his mum and dad get home. They don't notice anything other than the small, small crack in the egg, and Joel is punished. Um, the movie ends with Joel being accepted into Princeton with saying <laughs> saying that Princeton could do with a man like him. So Princeton are pro-prostitution and pro... Uh... Would you like to know what my notes say after these? Yeah, there, uh, there are a lot of notes that say glass egg, glass egg, glass egg. And then the next note after that, after I finish with talking about glass eggs, is prostitutes get you into prison. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, prostitutes get you into prison. Well, into prison. One of the two. Or prison, 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 yeah. Prison, prison. They're all the same. Okay, okay. But, they, that, but before which... the credits roll, they agreed to spend one last night together. And and Tom Cruise, yeah, I mean... but Tom Cruise jokes around that he's going to charge her this time. That's He so does. That's... I mean, it's a weird fucking film, mate. It's, it is <laughs> weird. It's... I don't really know where to put it. I mean, if you look back on... The films you've already seen and where it was you know, about the times, yes, I can see where it fits, but in general, it's a weird fucking film. <laughs> I don't. Would you put it as a uh, cruise liner or a bin liner? I'd say it's a cruise liner, but that's because the bar has been set so low by the previous films. I also went cruise liner. You, you, would you like to hear my summation? Go on. I have a summation. Go on then, give it to us. Yeah. The sexual politics of the 80s are really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> they like, uh, you can't deny the goes like the 80s ethos of greed is good runs through this fucking film because you, you basically have it's the American dream it's the it's American dream is, rich people uh, as long as you're a rich white boy in America everything will work out fine <laughs> pretty much <laughs> basically pretty much. the theme of this film but what I'd like to say is, is like uh, sex work is valid work and you should not be ashamed for being a sex worker which, you know, high part of the movie is Cruz, Cruz's charm and charisma and talent all on display. The thing I really take away from this film is, is Cruz is, you can see why he, people went, yes, this, this guy is a star. Put him in shit because he, he carries his film 100%. What is the Tom Cruise checklist? Oh, so you, there is shit, shit and grin, 100%. Yep, there it's is de- definitely shit. There is definitely some running at some point. I'm sure. And there is, basically, we've got running, we've got Sheen Grin, we've got Shirtless, but we don't, I don't think we have Manic Laughing. No, there's no Manic Laughing. So we've almost, we almost had everything then, which is why it's been a hit, because it's the first time we've had so many of those classic crude traits in the film. And it's, it's I mean, yeah, the like, first one that's been half decent. Like, okay, so last question is, do we want to play the, the, the show out to Paul Young wherever I lay my hat? The police, every breath you take, or Kodo by Doof. Oh, give me Doof. <laughs> Doof. <laughs> Play me Doof. Seit 2000 Jahren lebt die Erde ohne Liebe. Es regiert der Herr des Hasses. Hassen. 